Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. Trade deadline is approaching. We get nearer every second. There's a lot of rumors swirling around, a lot of Cubs talk to be had. So let's just get right in it. We're going to play some games today. We're going to debate a few things about the current roster. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. Before we go any further, I would like to thank Corey Friedman again for filling in for Adam last week. He does a lot of great work with Cubs Insider, and he's a very great podcaster as well. Be sure to check out his work. You could look at him on Twitter, Corey Friedman. Look it up. You'll find him. Uh, He's under Cubs Related. He does the Cubs Related podcast. Really good stuff. Thanks again, Corey, for filling in. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Dandy. Good Good. to be back. Good Good to have you back. I never thought I'd say that, but good to have you back. I'm just kidding. I love you. I always miss you. Uh, Okay, so I talked about playing a little game. Would you like to start with said game? Throw a wrench in things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you read mind. I know. Aren't I magic? Crazy. I'm a great mind reader. Just kidding. Lucky guess. Okay, so the game we're going to play is called Buy or Sell, and the rules are very simple. We're going to go up and down each division, look at the teams, and we're going to say if they're buying or selling at the deadline. Or the third thing, standing pat. You're not selling, you're not buying, you're just kind of moving forward for whatever reason. There's plenty of teams out there that can fit the bill of buy or sell, and some that fit in that, and they may just stick around. So let's just get into it. What do you want to start with first, AL or NL? AL. AL. Okay, we're going to go west to east, opposite way. We're going to start with the AL West. Houston Astros, 66 and 38, and they have the best record in the American League. Not percentage-wise, but wins-wise. The Yankees have fewer losses, but if you ask me, they have the best record because they have the most wins, so I'm just going to go based off that. They're definitely going to be buyers. I don't think there's anything that they're desperately needing, like they're like they're missing, but they're definitely going to be buying and adding some reinforcements, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like we said, they're, they're one of the best teams in the league because they are pretty solid across the board. They don't really have a glaring need at any position. Uh, if I had to throw out my best guess, uh, I would think that if they did anything significant, they would go after a starting pitcher, uh, maybe somebody like Marcus Stroman. Uh, but otherwise, I would say, you know, the Astros, like every other team, probably want to shore up their bullpen. Absolutely. The team underneath them, Oakland, They've had it rough because they have had multiple successful seasons. I mean, not just under the Astros, but even like a few years ago, they were still a very good team, but they were always stuck behind a better team. And now it's the Houston Astros. You look at last year, they won more games than the Cubs last year, and they had to play in that play in wild card game. So you could win 96, 97 games and then lose in one game. I mean, the Cubs won 95 and lost in one game, but it seems like Oakland is constantly stuck with that. In a way, they're always winning because they have the sharpest uniforms in the league, in my opinion. That color scheme is beautiful. I love it. I love their logo. I love uh, their hats. Oh, their yeah. Hats I, love, I love their hats, too. I'm not an Oakland A's fan, but I bought an Oakland A's hat because it just looks really sharp. It's one of the best hats, if not the best hat in the league. Uh, but anyway... 
I, I just don't, to your point about them always being stuck behind a better team, I don't think it matters because just comparatively you know, to the rest of the American League, I just don't think they're good enough to do anything significant in the postseason. I think they're good enough to get there, and that's about it. And so I wouldn't necessarily blame them for trying. If they were buyers, I would understand, you know, from their standpoint, you know, they've got a winning ball club, uh, so go for it. But I just don't think it would matter. I don't think it would make enough of a difference. So if I'm the A's, I'm standing pat. I think they'll maybe make a few small moves, but I don't think they're going to make anything huge, like no blockbusters, like Billy Bean tried a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. The Los Angeles Angels, they are kind of stuck in a weird spot. They're four and a half back as we speak right now. They're not winning the division, obviously. They're more than 10 games back. But, I mean, they are within reach of a wild card. But do you really think they're a contending team? Because I don't. I think they obviously have the best player in baseball, and they have some good players around them. But as a whole, I don't see them being a legit contender. No, I, I don't see it either. I don't think you know there's any number of moves they could make, and I don't think any of them uh, would propel them to the position that they'd need to be in to, to actually compete in the postseason. I don't see it happening, but they're in a weird spot where I, I could understand why they would feel a sense of urgency because you've got sure. Mike Trout. He's, he's the best player in the league, like you said, uh, and he is undoubtedly one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing your fans, you're doing baseball a huge disservice by toiling like they have been with him. I mean, and you've it, never won a playoff series with I him. I mean, so they're not going to do anything this year. I just, I just don't think they're good enough to do anything significant this year, maybe even next year. But they really should be feeling pressure to get to that point while Mike Trout is in the prime of his career. I mean, they, oh, they, they have to. They can't just, you know, I get the whole the whole rebuild thing, but they, they got to figure out a way to be a, a really competitive ball club before Mike Trout's like 35 years old. They just have to. Otherwise, it's going to be one of the great botch jobs of all time. Oh, uh, no for doubt. Them, for them no to have doubt. wasted his entire career. Especially since he signed there. I mean, he could have gotten massive money like that anywhere else in, on any of those big market teams. He could have went to any of them, but he, he chose to stay with the team that, that, that picked him initially. And so I think they owe it to him to try to win. And I don't necessarily think that's the wisest decision this year because it's just not going to happen for him. It doesn't matter who they go out and get. It's not going to make them postseason contenders but the sooner or later they are going to have to figure that out absolutely i mean it's it would be an absolute crime to see him never even make a world series i mean yeah i think fans would just love to see him make a world series first or heck even see just him to get close win a playoff game yeah yeah most of it has been just mediocre seasons and you know he's this amazing player just wasting away it it sucks to see so next we have texas they're falling back to earth they were overplaying for a while nobody saw them as a playoff team they're six and a half back as we speak they're not going anywhere they lost nine of the last ten i think this slip up is coming at the right time so they're not convincing themselves they're better than they are 
But I think they're in a good position to sell. I really do. They're they in a are. good position to get some return. And they need to they need to sell Mike Miner, mm-hmm. thirty one years old, having a great year, one of the better pitchers in the league this year. Uh, signed through twenty twenty, so they could get a decent haul for him, and they got to do it. I mean, there, there's there's a whole lot of teams in contention that could use a, a solid starting pitcher. I know this sounds crazy, but if you look at his numbers, you realize it's not too crazy. You could sell a guy like Sinsu Chu as well. I mean, he's putting up some pretty good mm-hmm. numbers, and if a team needs a bat, you could look at him. There, there's a ton of guys on that team that I think would fit well on other teams. If they sell high and as much as they can this year, then they could put themselves in a good position for the future. They could, yeah. They could be close. The last team in that division, Seattle, they've already been selling. They're, I mean, they're, they're sellers. They're 17 yeah. back of a playoff spot, and it's amazing that they were once the hottest team in baseball to start the year. We knew that was 42 and phony, though. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody believed that was permanent. God, no. It was fun while it lasted for them, but mm-hmm. you know they've already sold Jay Bruce. Uh, I feel like they've already sold somebody else that I can't think of, but yeah, I, they've already been selling off. So let's go to the AL Central. We'll start with Minnesota, whose lead has shrunken quite a bit, but they're still well in position to be a playoff team, and they're still three games up as the division leader. They should be buying, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Man, the, I was so high on the Minnesota Twins last offseason, and they let me down. And they're, they're finally they're doing this year what I thought they were going to do last year. Uh, but a, a lot of people saw it, that the Twins were ready to explode like this. They'll be buyers, if I had to guess. You know, As with a lot of these teams, starting pitcher could be in the cards for them. I think that's... Yeah, they could use a little bullpen help too, but I agree. But, but like you said, yeah, the Indians that they're starting to close the gap. They've been really hot lately. And the Indians, the next team we're going to get into, there were so many talks about them selling, 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 selling. Look, here's the way I see it. You're probably not going to have a window much longer. Try to go for it now. If you don't succeed this year, then this offseason, you can start selling away. But take this time to give it one more shot, because I think where they are right now, it would be irresponsible not to at least go for it. You're 58 and 42. You're up a game and a half in the first wild card spot. You saw your team blow a 3-1 lead in the World Series. You saw your team blow a 2-0 lead in the ALDS and you saw your team just get bounced right away in the playoffs last year. You need to give it one more shot. So you yeah, got to buy. They they have to. I mean, and they've they've got a good lineup that I mean, they Trevor Bauer's been pitching well, Mike Clevenger has been pitching well. I mean, they've got a good team. I mean, I know it kind of feels at times like they're just kind of hanging on by a thread um that they're they're a little past their or they're they're nearing the end of their window, and maybe they are, but they're they're really hot right now, and I I I think it is plausible that they could make a postseason run. So if I'm the Indians, I'm buying. I think there's there's no reason to to cut your winning window short intentionally anyway. I just, yeah, the Indians. I I think it would be I agree irresponsible of them to to not try. 
I think you add a few bats to the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe you try to add a little more pitching depth. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, help Francisco Lindor and uh, Ramirez help those guys out, get them some more bats around them. And, you know, you could be talking a team that can maybe make some noise. I don't think they're as strong as they were when they played us in the World Series or the year after, but you got to go for it. You still, you still are at the end of a window. Now we get to the White Sox. Now, obviously, you say, oh, yeah, they're sellers. I think this is going to be the team that just kind of stands pat because they don't have a lot of veteran assets to sell. Yeah, maybe you sell Alex Colome for a, to a team that may need a reliever in the back end of the bullpen. Maybe you sell John Jay for a couple of lottery tickets. But you look at the White Sox as a whole, a lot of their roster is their kind of young future core or just guys. Like they're just guys filling in spots for people who are going to come up later. They just don't have that much to sell, and obviously they're not going to buy, so I just don't think they're going to do that much. I guess I don't really understand why people are as high on the White Sox as they are. I think they've got, they've got great young pieces in their lineup. I don't, I, I don't buy it with the starting pitching, though. I mean, maybe, obviously, Lucas Giolito, you expect big things out of him, and you think Dylan Cease is going to be a... a a big part of that as well. But other than that, what, what do they got for pitching that, that tells you they're going to be a great team down the road? Well, Michael Kopech is going to have to come back healthy next year. Is he going to though? I mean, that's, that's not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing, but I mean, I will say this, at least this day and age, the way we understand Tommy John surgery and mechanics, the whole process of a Tommy John surgery, isn't as much of a death sentence as it once was. So, We'll see, though. Uh, they also have Dane Dunning, who just had Tommy John surgery as well. So you got to hope he comes back healthy. I think a huge key for the White Sox in this com- upcoming offseason is they got to make a good run at Garrett Cole. I think that would be huge for them. I don't think Garrett Cole's going to go there. I, you don't think so? No. Even if they offer him a ton of money? Yeah, I don't see it. I, I think they're going to have to land somebody like that. There's not going to be a lot of guys well, they're available. Gonna to, but. They're going to have to try, yeah. But I don't, I don't see that. I don't see him ending up in on the south side of Chicago. Maybe we'll I'm wrong. See. We'll see. I usually am. Well, and yet I still keep you around. I don't know why, but I do. It's a mystery. Yeah. So Kansas City, we all know they're sellers, and we all know that Whit Merrifield is their big prize possession that could bring them a huge haul back. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about them. I really don't either. It's still a head-scratcher to me why they're so content on holding on to him. I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30. I I know that he's got a a good team-friendly deal, but, I mean, let's be real— by the time he's old and done and past his prime, the Kansas City Royals probably still won't be any good. So they are far off. So from being maybe good. maybe they see him as being the guy who puts fans in the seats and that's it. But otherwise, it seems like they're holding on to somebody who's not going to do anything for them, and they're going to get nothing out of that. I I don't know why. I don't I don't understand the reasoning behind keeping him that i mean they could get a lot they could get a big return for him but it very well could be what you just said though that reason and you look it, at those kansas city be. royals it games there is nobody there there yeah and 
that's that's a fan base that I mean they were they were a lot of fun when they were winners in those 14, two 15, years. Yeah, they, uh-huh. those fans were pretty rabid at that time, but they're they're starved for anything entertaining now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching the White Sox and the Royals play. I was I saw like the highlights of one of their day games, and you look at that whole lower bowl past the dugout. I mean, every seat was empty. There was nobody there. Even in the night games, there was like nobody there. And they're a small market, so they got to make money somehow. And yeah, that team is not good. If you and sell away, yeah, wits, I mean, they got nothing. They've got some good fans too. I mean, they may not turn up very well at the ball games, but I mean, they, they've got. You know, I, I live in Nebraska. There, there's tons of Royals gear around here. Tons oh, of Royals yeah. fans in Nebraska. There's, there's probably, that's probably the most popular team, uh, baseball team in Nebraska. If yeah, I had to guess, the fan base is there. Wait, like there. I, I see almost no Colorado Rocky. I mean, those are our two regional teams here in Nebraska: the Rockies and and the Royals. And the Rockies are actually closer to where I'm at than the Royals are by a couple hours, but I, I see way more Royals gear, not even close. You want to know something interesting about the Rockies? And I feel like the Rockies, the fans they do have are very loyal to them and are very good baseball fans, but they just don't have a huge fan base at all. One of my best friends, he lived in Colorado for a little bit. He lived in Colorado, uh, in Denver when the Cubs won the world series, there were people partying in the streets when the Cubs won the world series. And like, you know, when the Rockies did something big, crickets. I just don't think that's a very yeah. big fan base. Well, and I think part of that it has to do with the fact that they're not a very old team. Either. No, they're not. I mean, they're they're not they're not even thirty years old yet. So that I mean that plays into it. It takes a while to 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 build a huge following. I mean the, the Royals aren't one of the older teams either, but they're they're much older than the Rockies are. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've been around for some time and they have built a reputation. I mean, you look at the George Brett days and when they won in the mid 80s, you know, they've they've been able to establish a history there. And I don't want to say the Rockies don't have any fans because you look at the, the games at Coors Field, they're pretty well attended. I just they're very I think they're very local, you know, which yeah. makes sense when you're a newer team. You just they're not like a nationwide fan base. I no, think. no, uh, no. Not at by all. any means. So they're they're just they're very they're very like what's the word like dense in one area that oh, makes sense isolated yeah isolated it's, that's the word I was looking for yeah I, I mean the the Royals have the benefit of having Nebraskans as fans because I mean it, if I don't know if you'd known anything anything about Nebraska football but those those fans are among the most loyal and rabid in the nation and so the the Royals. Picking up those people too, I think helps. And you don't see that with Colorado. I don't. You don't see their fandom extending beyond the state of Colorado. That's a that's a football state. They love their Broncos. I mean, the Broncos have yeah. a huge fan base. And I, I think, I mean, like the Royals, they even they have Nebraska Cornhusker Night at Kaufman every year too. Oh, they, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So we're going to move on to a team that has a very big fan base and is very old, is also very very bad, and that's the Detroit Tigers. I mean, they sh- they'll probably be sellers. Yeah. Yes, they nothing are to say to other than that. Yep. Really, Shane Green sell, sell, sell. Yep, get them out of there. Yeah. Oh, that that team is bad. You you want to know what their run team. differential is? 
Uh, it's it's probably not good. Yeah, get, it's go ahead. negative one ninety six. That's the worst in baseball. Worse than the Orioles, even. Worse than the Orioles. Wow. They have the lowest winning percentage in baseball, and the fewest number of wins. The Ouch. Baltimore Orioles have a few more losses, but you know that probably has to do with games played. So uh, you know, yeah, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do all the losing. That was once us for a number of years. Okay, so let's move on to the AL East. Do we really have to talk in depth about the Yankees? We all know they're going to be buyers. Like, really. Oh, yeah, the evil empire. Yeah, so that's easy. What do you think Tampa Bay is going to do? They're in the race, but I do you see them going on a postseason run with that roster? No, I, I mean, I... I am genuinely impressed that Tampa Bay is as good as they are. I don't they're, understand. They're, they're another team kind of like the the Athletics that I I thought it was kind of a flash in the pan year that they had last year. I did not expect them to repeat that kind of performance at all. But here they are. They're uh, I think they have a better record than the Cubs do too. But uh, on paper, no, I don't think they're talented enough to to make a deep run and i don't think that adding uh a piece or two could change that so i i I would understand if they added i don't think it's going to make enough of a difference right then we get to boston they've already added some things and boston is a game behind tampa in the wild card Boston's going to add. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're going to go for it. It's oh, Boston. Oh, yeah, they will. Boston perplexes me, though. That's that's a World Series hangover if I've ever seen one. Big time. I mean, we all knew there was going to be some regression there. I, they were playing yeah. at historically good levels last year. Yeah, and that bullpen's just not as good as it was either. P- I mean, especially U. without Kimbrel. But P- yeah. U. Yeah. Then you have Toronto and Baltimore. What else do you got to say? Toronto, probably if I, I Strowman's on the go. I mean, yeah. right? They're they're gonna sell him this year, or at least it would it would seem like a mistake if they didn't. I mean, from what I've seen, it it doesn't really feel like Strowman is very happy there. No, and you got a pitcher who's gonna be coming out of his prime by the time you're good again, if you're lucky. Uh, he's not happy with that situation. Trade him. Get what you can for him now while you still can. Because it would be a lot. A ton of of teams would be willing to give up a lot for Marcus Stroman. Baltimore Orioles, ugh, 32 and 69. Who do they even have that they could trade? I think Trey Mancini has been talked about. would say sellers, but, I mean, do they even have anybody who you would identify as better? I mean, that's like a quadruple A ball team they've got they're gonna trade for more paper bags to put over their fans heads i i think there's some triple a teams that could whoop the orioles maybe maybe but yeah i mean they're clearly not going to be buying so that's for sure let's go to the national league nl west what do you think the Dodgers are going to do? Oh, boy, I think they're sellers. They got no shot, and they better trade Kershaw and Turner and Bellinger. Um, what, are they, what are they doing still holding on to those guys? It's this pipe dream of theirs of going to the postseason. 
Yeah, 650 winning percentage. You know what really just irks me about the Dodgers mm. is the fact that every stinking year, it seems like they have an endless supply of farm assets. They trade for guys like you, Darvish, and Manny Machado. They make all these big deals, and you would think, oh, isn't their system drained? No, it seems like they have this endless supply of assets. Yeah, they're a well-run ball club. I mean, they got to win a World Series eventually, right? I mean, this is ridiculous. You would think. You would think. Yeah. We're going to get into an interesting team. Arizona. They're two and a half out. They're 52 and 51. I could see them going either way. Personally, I don't think they're good enough to be a postseason team. But Arizona is one of those teams where, like, okay, you kind of want to be good because... You're not a team that exactly, I mean, they they sell tickets, but they don't sell out games. To be fair, they play in a giant stadium that's not good for baseball. But I feel like if they sold a lot of assets, then people would stop coming out. And if they tried to win, more people would buy tickets for the rest of the year. But at the same time, are they really contenders? So to me... I get that they they've had some hot stretches this year, and conceivably they could they could you know they could make it to the postseason via wild card. But to me, this is a team on the decline. I think they're they're just kind of barely hanging on uh, to remnants of the last few years. And so, for me personally, if I was if I was running the Diamondbacks, I would be selling. Uh, I mean, because the the losing day they're approaching, you know, they're not going to be contending team for the next few years. I just don't, I don't see how that's going to happen. And so if I, if I was them, I'd be selling Zach Grinky because he's pitched really, really well this year. Yeah. Kind he's of under signed, the radar. He's signed through 2021. Uh, you're, you're, I mean, it's obviously no matter what he's done this year, no team is going to be convinced that they're getting prime Zach Grinky anymore, but he's still a good, reliable starting pitcher. Who's, not a rental. And so you could get some you could get some good assets for that. And I think it would be wise for them to do so. Yeah, that's uh kind of how I feel. Next we have San Francisco. I don't care how well you've been playing. You are not a postseason team. No. It's kind of it's funny because I've got a buddy who's a really big San Francisco Giants fan and and he's I mean, he's just giddy right now. Oh, we're going to do it. It's We're going to go all the way. No, come on now. If I'm wrong, I I will do something embarrassing or say something embarrassing about myself on this show. Yeah, because I told, I told if him this I'd is a postseason team, there is the something show. up. Yeah. 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 It's it's not going to happen. It's it's a it's a dream. No more. No I less. watched this series against the Cubs. And I'm like, who the hell are half these guys? Obviously, you have Pablo Sandoval's rotting corpse, who was a pest the entire time. You still had Brandon Belt. You have Brandon Crawford. Obviously, a bunch of guys you once had are gone. You had Madison Bumgarner. You got the grandson of Carly Ostremski. And then a bunch of, like, what was the guy's name? Alex Dickerson. Never heard of the guy. I mean, I know he's been around, but I honestly forgot he was a thing. And then a bunch of other guys who I'm like, do they get these guys off the street? I mean, what's going on here? 
Yeah, it's 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 not going to happen. I, I know Giants fans are getting kind of excited right now, but it's it's not going to happen. They're going to fall down to earth. They're not as good a team as the way they've been playing. It's they have a minus forty three run differential right now. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna even out. It's gonna correct itself. Then we're going to get to San Diego. I think San Diego is going to be that young yeah. team that kind of stands pat. That's what I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're, they're going to buy. They're no, I don't I don't think they'll buy. I don't think they should buy. They're they're not as intriguing to me as as they are to a lot of other people. I think a lot, a lot of people are really hyped on the San Diego Padres for the years to come. I'm not sure I see it. I mean, they have a lot of talent. I just we need to see I it all see, come together. I see I see from what from my point of view, I see them having some some pieces that that could make them good enough to to maybe be relevant but there there are a lot of people who seem to think that the Padres are well on their way to being this force in the league and I don't buy that I don't they have a lot happening. to do to catch with the Dodgers I'll say that yeah. they have a long way to go you have Manny Machado he's a star Fernando Tatis Jr that kid is unreal you have some other big prospects but there there's still a ways to go yeah um, I so I I just don't I don't see them being as relevant in the years to come as people seem to think they're going to be. I just don't buy it. I think they'll at least be good. I just don't know if they're going to be a, a juggernaut. They what yeah. they need is they need a core of pitchers that can actually pitch. Um I think maybe if someone offers up a king's ransom for Kirby Yates, their closer who's been really good this year, I think they go ahead and and try I think to they sell should. him. Yeah. yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that'd be wise. I mean, it's that realistically, they know they're not going to do anything this year. No. So, yeah, I mean, build off it if you can, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see the Padres becoming the powerhouse that people think they're going to be. Then we got the Colorado Rockies. Talk about a fall from grace. I mean, that pitching stinks. Uh, you're seeing, you're seeing some guys either not play quite as good as they are or just they're just kind of meh uh i don't i mean they're they're not a bad team but i don't think they're necessarily a good team yeah they so may be tempted to sell here like we talked about with the a's and with the rays how, how we we all kind of thought you know they were going to fall off um here's a team where where i thought i thought the same thing and it's actually turning out to be true because let's be honest when when the rockies were in the hunt and relevant and and going for a postseason run, their pitchers were overperforming. I mean, they were they were getting way better out of those guys than they had any business pitching in Coors Field. And so I think this, you know, right about now you're finally starting to see them fall back to earth right about right about where they belong. Uh so yeah, I mean the Rockies, they're they're a dangerous hitting team, especially at home. But other than that, they just don't have enough. It's yeah. I agree. NL Central, we'll get to the Cubs when we talk about them. St. Louis right now is absolutely red hot. They're going on one of those annoying streaks where they seem to do no wrong and everything goes their way. The thing is, St. Louis is never really a huge like buyer at the deadline. They'll, they'll maybe make a few moves, but they never really go out and buy a huge name. I think the last time they did that was like Matt Holiday back in 2009. Yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis is an interesting one. There, it really is because I I'm not entirely sure what they could do. Uh, 
Um, and I would think that they're a team that, you know, they're not afraid to go for it, even when most baseball fans would advise them not to. Um, they're they're pretty much always in win now mode. They mm-hmm. if any team in the league is uh, opposed to the whole the idea of a massive start from scratch rebuild, it's the Cardinals. They they've not uh, really ever had that kind of mindset. Um, but the thing is, it it took a really hot streak for them to catch up to the Cubs. I think they're going to cool off sooner or later. I mean, that's what happened last year. I mean, yeah. literally the same yeah. thing at the same time. Yeah, as is deja vu. And then Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee, they have been nowhere near where they were last year, as expected. Yep. But they're still right in the thick of things. So, so if, they, if, if they go out and if they get some bullpen pieces and if they add a really good starting pitcher... Then, uh, then maybe they'll they'll kind of be back to where they were last year. But yeah, this is another team that I think was pretty much doomed uh, to fall off a little bit from last year. They they really overperformed. You look at the starting pitchers they had last year, and it's amazing that they finished the way they did. They should have gone and done more this off season. They relied on they should have lightning in a bottle twice, and maybe they tried. I, I mean, it's it probably it can't be easy when you're the Brewers, but. Yeah, I, I that's that's a team that I think they're they're playing about as well as they should on paper. I think I don't think they're underperforming or overperforming. I think that they're pretty much just a slightly above average team. Yeah, let's just hope they don't kick our butts this coming series. They probably so. will. They yeah, probably no, knowing will. our luck, knowing our luck. Okay, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. I think we're getting to the point of the year where they realize they're Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. And all the, oh, they may be in a race, yada, yada. No. Yeah, you're you're no. fooling yourself if you ever thought at any point that the Reds or the Pirates were going to do anything significant. It was never going to happen. I saw today that it was reported that Yasiel Puig is a trade option because, of course, he is. Because nobody hang, nobody wants to hang on to Puig for very long. No. It's too bad for Cincinnati because they have a nice group of players, but it's just not enough. I mean, you have Joey Votto, who's still good, but maybe not quite as good as he once was. Eugenio Suarez has been up and down. Their starting pitching has been very good. Luis Castillo is a young stud. Sonny Gray has been very good for them. Tanner Rorick has been solid for them. They just, they don't have a complete team together. No, they don't. No. And then Pittsburgh... The Pittsburgh Pirates are eternally that team where people say, oh, they got this nice core young players, but that's about it. And that nice core young players will result in them having about 79 wins this season. So yep. basically at mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, hot and cold, dead, but nonetheless, they're on the road to nowhere. Yeah, uh, their run differential the run differential is minus 58, and Cincinnati's is plus 35. So I think Cincinnati is clearly a better ball club, but either or, I don't see any of those two being in it when it's all said and done. I mean, they're both yeah. they're both seven back of the wild card now. Cincinnati lost today. They're getting their it's, Pittsburgh's getting their butts kicked by the Cardinals, about to get swept there. So that's all I got to say about that. And then our last division, we'll go through this fairly quickly. Atlanta, they're buying, right? Yep. Yep. Washington, they went from selling. I think they got to buy now. 
Washington is one of my dark horse teams, and I'm really not all that surprised that they're around the same spot as the Philadelphia Phillies. I was actually surprised last year when they were as bad as they were, because even without Bryce Harper, I think that's still a pretty good roster. It is. And so I'm not surprised to see them playing better ball right now. They seem I think, looser now. Yeah, they seem I think, like they're more confident. Yeah, even without Harper, I think this is a very capable ball club. I agree. Philadelphia, I mean, they're they're right on the border there, but they got to be buying, right? They spent too much money, and they're well, yeah, they um, don't. They're you know they're they kind got of a, to. Yeah, they're kind of in that corner now, where they don't really have a choice. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I don't. Re- I don't think that I buy them as uh, uh, a team that could go all the way, but they're they're gonna have to try. I the mean, New those, York those, Mets. those fans are gonna. Those fans are gonna absolutely revolt. If the Phillies don't add, oh yeah, oh yeah, buildings no will question. burn to the ground if they don't do something. No question, no question. And I will forever be bitter towards Philadelphia sports for a number of reasons. So I won't get into that. New York Mets, they should be selling. They're talking about selling Thor. Uh, that one guy, uh, McNeil, Jeff McNeil, he's a popular target. <laughs> They, that pretty much sums up the Mets, doesn't it? They have that it one does. guy. <laughs> they have that one guy, yep. And Yohannes Cespedes hasn't played in like a year or so, and I forget he's even a thing. Yeah, exactly. You kind of forget Cespedes even exists. And I don't have anything else to say there. I mean, yeah, the at least they've got Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, they had Seinfeld night recently. Yeah. Wish I could have been there. Uh, Miami Marlins... They'll sell what exactly? They'll probably sell Neil Walker for pennies, Curtis Granderson yeah. for pennies. That's about it. Are are those fans fan all ten of them? Are they about done with Derek Jeter yet or not? I mean, is is he just kind of destroying what little glimmer of hope they ever they were had done with him when he stepped in and yeah. sold away Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich? When they sold Christian Yelich for Lewis Brinson who has done nothing in the majors. Oh, that's going to that that could go down as one of the worst trades of all time. It really Oh, could. sure. It it's could. It's definitely one of the worst trades in this decade for oh, sports. Oh, absolutely. It's it's absolutely turning out that way. Yeah, that's it's bad. I would be totally embarrassed if I was a Marlins fan. Thank God I'm not. I mean, there's there's 99 reasons why I wouldn't want to live in Florida. Marlins are one of them. <laughs> okay, so that'll pretty much do for buy or sell. Since this is a Cubs show, let's actually get to the Cubs, shall we? Yeah. Okay, so today they ended their three-game losing streak. They salvaged a game in San Francisco. They won 4-1. to one. Tyler Chatwood made the start uh, because John Lester wasn't feeling good. He went four innings, gave up one run, didn't get the win, but put them in a position to win. Chris Bryant hit a two-run home run. He left the game due to knee soreness, but no MRI. He's going to be fine. It was just a little tweak before the game, and it was just bugging him a little bit, so no reason to worry there. But the big news, the big news of the day, was Addison Russell was sent down to AAA. And it was a long time coming. A long time coming. Because I don't know about you, but I do not want to hear from a guy who has been in the big leagues since 2015, saying that he doesn't know the signs and making mistake after mistake after mistake, little league stuff. So, yeah. You can't have it. 
I mean, there's, no. there's, there is no excuse. There's no. no excuse at that point in your career to not know the signs. There's none. And his excuse of, well, I'm not, I haven't gotten as much playing time as I would have oh, liked. That, that really, sake. really rubs me the wrong way. That is absolutely 100% the wrong thing to say. Uh, I think that just proves that he's still pretty immature. Mm-hmm. That's an immature thing to say. That's an immature way to look at it. To not know the signs at this point in your career and to not even take full responsibility for that? To, to pass the blame off on somebody else for that? Are you kidding me? Go, down to, go live in Iowa for a while. Go get your head on straight and figure it out. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this, this was probably overdue, uh, you know, slumping I can see, but just mental stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that you, you just can't accept. No, no. I was at the game Saturday, the last two Saturdays, actually both saw wins. So that was pretty cool. But this Saturday against the Padres, that was when he was on second and there was a wild pitch and he, for some reason did not advance. Then Albert Almora lines out and gets doubled off. As soon as Almora made contact, I knew that was going to be an out. I could have read that at second base. And I, I, I have no baseball IQ whatsoever. If you put me out there, I would be as valuable as like a scarecrow. But even I would know not to run on that and get doubled off. Then he dropped the pop-up and then misplayed another pop-up. And luckily the runner thought it was going to be caught so he didn't go so they got the force at second base and then you saw him strike out and the bat go further than the ball uh the boo birds rightfully came out and you're just watching this and you're you're mind boggled like how how is this guy who is making these excuses on a big league roster on a team that is trying to win a pennant the guy's you know what i mean the guy is a head case and it's really disappointing to me, too, because I was one of the few people who defended his his right at, at a second chance. I shouldn't say right. Nobody has a right to a second chance, but I believe that everyone should get second chances, uh, depending on the circumstances. I defended, I defended his second chance, and at every turn, he has said the wrong thing. And I would have thought that coming coming off a situation like this, he'd be playing his tail off and with heart and with soul. But he's looked lazy, lackadaisical, and like at times like he's not even trying. Like he's just taking for granted the fact that he's a starting player on this team. It's been supremely disappointing to see. And I hope he I hope he figures it out in Iowa and grows up a little bit. You know, he should be grateful that he's even getting a chance here. And this is the response we're getting. Most teams, or maybe a majority of them, I don't know. From the very beginning, he's he's said all the wrong things. Yeah, I mean, I I remember I remember in the beginning when when he was first starting to come back when he said something about the fans and he's like, if they, you know, I'm out here playing baseball and putting my body on the line. If they're not on board with that, then I don't need. Like, are you kidding me? How tone deaf can you be to say something like that when you're lucky to be there at all? Yeah, yeah, just just a joke, just a joke. So now you're probably going to see, at least for the time being. You're probably going to see Robel Garcia play more. And, you know, he's he's contributed. 
Um, I don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah, he's he's he, he kind of he, he started red hot, and lately it's he's not been quite as hot. But I still I think contributing. It, I think I think it's worth keeping him around still. Absolutely. Yeah. Not sure well, they the have much of a hot, choice in the matter, strike. but but yeah, I think that I think that he's he's at least proven that he should still be there. That's, Absolutely. I'll say that much. And then you'll have Javier Short, obviously. Right. There are some holes to be plugged here, and the rumors are swirling around what the Cubs are going to do, and probably the biggest rumor of them all is Nicholas Castellanos. Now, there are the goods and the bads to Nick Castellanos. He crushes lefties. The Cubs against lefties this year have been awful. That would be a nice addition. Downside, his defense is pretty bad. I mean, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I mean, just just for the fact that they've kind of struggled against lefties, I, I would be okay with it because I mean, you're you're starting near the point in the season where you're putting in uh, late defensive replacements anyway. So I'm not I'm not sure I see the defense as being you know, I don't think it's a deal breaker. It's not ideal, obviously, but I think you know if he was a world class defender to go along with that bat, then we wouldn't be talking about him at all because I'm sure he would cost way more than what the Cubs could give up. So I I would still do it. I would still do a deal for Nick Castellanos. Uh, I guess depending on what the asking price is. I mean, there, there's some people out there in, in internet, you know, that it just seemed like they they would give up almost nothing for Castellanos. I've seen a lot of uh, reasonable proposals floated floated out there by fans and people saying, oh, no way, we can't give up that. Like, what, I mean, you, you can't you can't get him for nothing. Yeah, but... you're not out there to fleece people, but you don't want to give up too much. But you're not out there to fleece people, if that makes sense. Yeah. I you're mean... trying to get what's going to help you. Yeah, so I, I would I would still do it. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too afraid to go after him. So with that being said, I have three different, I guess, categories here, uh, in kind of, in terms of what the Cubs need. I want you to rank highest priority to lowest. There's three of them. Okay. So one, two, three. Okay. Lefty pen arm, that's one. Depth in the outfield. Or infield, I should say, depth in the infield of maybe a veteran glove or bat, and then third is outfield hitter, like we just talked about. What do you think out of those three is number one? Oh, I, th- I for me, it's it's easy. It's not even close. It's the bullpen. You think it's the bullpen? Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, this team is primed to to make it to the postseason, and, and at that point, the most important aspect of your team is, is your bullpen and whether or not it's good enough for you to get by. And the Cubs need so much help in the pen right now. It's, it's far and away the most glaring need is the bullpen. Then number two, what would you say is number two? I would say a hitter. I would say an outfield yeah. hitter. You yeah. need, you need a better bench. This bench yeah. is bad, bad, yeah. bad, bad. Yeah. Look at last night's it's game. Not great. At- it's you saw David Bodie and I think let's there was like an 0 for 8 I think it was it was Almora Bodie Descalso and uh, I can't remember the fourth but it was like a combined 0 for 8 it just wasn't good you need another stick in there and then yeah infield depth you're gonna have to get that because if Russell is down you're kind of thin as it is 
I still think they should go out and get a veteran infielder, someone that could solidify maybe the second base spot. Yeah, you want to strike while Robel Garcia is hot, but I think you also got to be prepared for some growing pains with a a 26-year-old making his debut who, while he has a very nice swing, does have some notable holes in the swing. I'm not trying to rip the guy. He's got an OPS over 1,000, but we've seen this before where guys come up and they're tearing the world apart, and then they they kind of get figured yeah, out. The, the guy yeah. swings and misses a lot, so I think you got to be prepared for that. Yeah, we're already seeing pitchers kind of start to figure him out a little bit. So going back to that lefty bullpen scenario, I definitely think that is very important. Uh, you know, we need another lefty in the bullpen. Mike Montgomery's gone. Kyle Ryan has been very underappreciated and very good, but you can't just rely on him. He's going to need some help. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, uh, this guy's name has been out there for a long time. Maybe somebody like Will Smith. And that's one guy I would ideally like, but I also think the price may be a little steep. It's going to be a ton of teams interested in Will Smith. Oh, yeah. Tons. Going to be hard to compete with that. If you look at the guys who are probably the most like valuable right now in terms of how many teams want them, Will Smith is one of them, along with like a Whit Merrifield and guys like that. But Will Smith is definitely up there. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. I don't really know how many other good lefty options there are out there. I think it may be one of those things where they they take a waiver on one guy and trade a guy that may be doing pretty well, maybe not as well as Will Smith, but you get a few guys in here. Because, no offense to Randy Rosario, but I really don't want him to be the guy going down the road. Hmm. No way, no how. Yeah, which which is sad, because at one point I was really high on Rosario. The thing with him was, yeah. he got the job done last year, but he was a classic example of, don't see how the sausage is made. Because the peripherals yeah. themselves were not very good. And it was so easy to root, root for the guy. He embraced his role. And he was a fun, good dude. But, you know, right now, just from a player standpoint, it's not the ideal situation. No. We wish we could have a guy like we hoped Justin Wilson was going to be in 2017. Because when we got Justin Wilson... We thought he was going to be the perfect left-handed guy in the bullpen. Obviously, that didn't work. We need a guy that's going to perform like the way we hoped he would have, if that makes sense. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? I, I, yeah, I, I, I understand. So I think that, that would be a huge addition to the pen. Speaking of pen, let's stay on that subject. Pedro Strope is struggling. Now, the numbers, I think in terms of ERA, look worse than he has been. Because if you look at his last meltdown the other night, one was a ball that should have been caught. Another was a ball that just squeaked through the infield. And one, the leadoff double by Sandoval, was a slider with great movement inside. And he just, he somehow got down and got it. I have no idea how he got it. But there's no doubt he's not the same because there are some games where he has not looked good at all and it shows like the game against the Pirates when Marte hit the game-tying three-run home run. The slider had no movement. It was at the letters. It was crushed. The velocity on the pitches overall is down. 
I don't think there's really much mystery as to why there's been a struggle. He's been hurt. He's had a hamstring problem. And he's in his mid-30s. I don't know what you think about him. I think that he's still one of my favorite relievers, but he may not want to pitch in those situations like in the eighth inning like he has. I think Kinsler has earned that spot for at least now. That's how I feel, at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's really not much I can add to that. You pretty much touched on all the points there. I would love to say that history is the best indicator, but with the velo dropping as much as it has, I just don't know. Father time always wins, you know? It's not like he's 28, 29. It's inevitable, yeah. And when you have all those injuries like he has, it's just not a good combination. Here's what I hate. Here's what I absolutely hate. When Cubs fans act like he's the worst pitcher ever and they completely disregard the fact that we have never had a reliever as consistently as him, maybe since Lee Smith. And I know a lot of listeners are going to say, oh, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? Go back and look. Go back and look. 284 ERA with the Cubs over seven years. Consistently. Who else has done that? Carlos Marmol had a few good seasons, then he went off the rails. Wade Davis was only here a season. Aroldis Chapman was only here half a season. Kerry Wood was an effective closer for two years here. Who else? Who else has had longevity like Pedro Strope has? Yeah, that's that's. A, I'm right there with you. They, they got six rock-solid great seasons from him. And I just hate it. I hate it. When fans say how bad he is, I hate it. He deserves so much better. Yeah, it has not looked pretty this season. It has not. But everyone's saying, oh, I never trusted him. He's always been this way. Blah, 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 blah. Get out of here. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, that's the nature of Cubs fans is they, you know, they're quiet when things are good and then they bark as loud as possible when things aren't. Prime example. Want to read Chris Bryant's current numbers right now? Because you know what? That dude's playing ball. Yeah. Yes, he is. And you just, I mean, he said he's going to be back Friday, and you hope that's the case. And I think his batting average was over 300 going into today's game. It is now 299. Yeah. And his OPS is 967. And there are people who wanted David Bodie to take over for him. And for him to be traded away. Yeah, but I mean, to, to be fair, we never took those people seriously. We don't. I mean, it we just, never. It en- just amazes me. It just amazes me. Never entertained that notion at any point. I mean, that that is the definition of being reactionary. Yeah, yeah. Did you see my tweet the other the other night when the Cubs lost that first game in uh, in San Francisco? Uh, no, I've been a little quiet on the, the Twitter verse lately. So what I said was Rizzo, Bryant, Hayward, Contreras, those four guys are all on their way or at least on pace looking good right now to have the best years of their career. And unfortunately, the overall supporting cast around them has been the weakest since they've been part of this team. Oh yeah, I, I, I do. I do know what tweet you're talking about because there were some people who were like, "Oh, Baez not part of the big core," which wasn't the point you were making. But not yeah, at all. 
Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I agree with you. It's a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, you know, that's just that's the hand they're dealt. Um and I I mean if it was as easy as snapping your fingers to make that problem go away, then they, they would have done it by now, but I'm sure it's a pro it's a complex It's not thing. working. It's not working. What is this? It's not working. Yeah. Try and, try a couple more times. It might and work. I got I got so much flack because I didn't put buys in there. People were thinking I was saying buys is bad. No, that's not what I was saying. Baez had a career year last year. He may come close to matching it, and he may exceed some of what he did last year in certain categories like home runs. But, again, everybody's yeah. hitting more home runs. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. But is he it's, it's, clearly on pace to have a career year like Hayward or Contreras or Rizzo right now? No. no. He's doing what he normally does, but which is very what? good. It's, it's that's you know, yeah you know there's there's your bright spot I mean there's there's a lot of reasons to be disappointed about the Cubs but I mean just just consider the fact that right now their their core of of Rizzo Bryant Baez are playing really well right now I mean you you got your your three best hitters in your lineup are really mashing the ball so I mean I it's, it, things are things are kind of looking up I mean they had a great home stand this Giants series is kind of sucked but otherwise thing things are looking okay if they would have just held on that first game and taken two out of three that yeah, the they, extra they, innings loss you could kind of shrug off yeah i mean that's things go just a little bit differently they could have swept the giants sure i mean as somebody pointed out on twitter today i mean they haven't been blown out it's just a lot of frustrating losses like yeah. that and, yeah, you know it's gonna happen but these coming weeks are incredibly important. You play Milwaukee six times out of nine games, and then you play St. Louis. If you go six yeah. and three during that span, you are in great shape. Yeah. So this is this this stretch coming up here is is going to be the one that we look back on uh, come the end of the regular season when we say good or bad. That's, yep. that's where they that's where they sealed it, or that's where they sealed it. You know change of tone in your voice but this is yeah this is going to be hugely important exactly i mean even if you go pretty much 500 that's better than not you know yeah yeah i mean it's you know consider that st louis and milwaukee they're going to be feeling the same kind of pressure i mean they're, they're in the same position where this this stretch coming up is is massively important to their season let's say they take two or three in st louis two or three at home against Milwaukee and the Cubs just salvage one game in Milwaukee. I think that'd be acceptable, that, right? Oh, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I would take that 10 out of 10 times. That's, that's five wins out of what? Nine games. Yeah, that, I would take that's it. acceptable. You want as much as it. you can, but I think five would be the ideal minimum. Right. If they if they come out of that stretch still in first place, I'm a happy camper. There you go. There's a way to look at it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is just about going to do it on this episode of Climbing the Ivy. Adam, I always want to thank you for coming on. Just a reminder, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes. You could check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. Until next week, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.